This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking with Dr. Jessica Vogelsang and telemedicine. We'll be right back after these messages. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy. He was missing hair, stinky, scabby. The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We've been using Dinovite and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy, a glow and a bounce about him. You get some Dinovite, how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to be talking to Dr. V or Dr. Jessica Vogelsang, who's a veterinarian and the blogger at Paw Curious. Dr. Vogelsang, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be talking about our topic today. So today we're going to be talking about telemedicine and pet owners are probably like, what the heck is that? But before (laughs) we begin, just so our audience knows who you are, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background about who you are, where you train, what you do, and some information about paulcurious.com and your book? Yeah, sure. So I have been a practicing veterinarian in lovely San Diego for almost 20 years now, which is crazy to me. But I started my blog, Pog Curious, way back in 2009 when people were just getting on the internet because I was talking to so many pet owners who were really struggling to find good information online. And so Paw Curious was just my way of contributing to that conversation. And it's really just, it's grown from there over the last 10 years or so. And it's just been such a blessing to see how much the internet has really brought veterinarians and pet owners together and allowed us to share information. So it was just an added bonus that I got to write uh, my book as a result of that. So that was All Dogs Go to Kevin, which came out in 2015. But for me, I'm so happy to see the discussion in the veterinary community finally come full circle to recognize, you know, pet parents don't want anything more than to be empowered. And it's a you know, one of the big parts of our job is is to help them do so. Well, thank you so much for doing it. I will say kudos to you because you have been a leader in the field of veterinary medicine and for education of pet owners. You know, most veterinary professionals are like scared of the internet or technology and like <laughs> we're still using fax machines. And so yeah. I love the fact that you were blogging and providing so much information to pet owners when honestly, most vets weren't even on the internet at that time. They weren't blogging or anything like that. So yep. kudos to you. Now, 
I know you're super busy because you're also doing a lot of telemedicine right now. Can you just tell us what exactly is telemedicine? Is there such a thing as telemedicine for pets? Yeah, so it's interesting because with COVID, you know, there were so many discussions just all around the country and around the world about how do we minimize our contact with each other? And so on the human side, it's pretty easy right now for you to kind of dial a doc. You know, you don't have to see the doctor in order for them to officially be your doctor and be able to prescribe and diagnose and do all the good stuff. And it's a little different in veterinary medicine, which is kind of, it's interesting. So each state decides on its own whether or not a veterinarian can establish a relationship with you online or on the phone. And in a lot of states, you still have to come in and see your vet first. And then once you have that relationship, a lot of times you can do telemedicine after that, like for the next year or so. So you could call up your vet and say, hey, you know, my dog's been limping and you can sort of have a visit over the phone or or online, but it really varies from state to state. So it's kind of interesting. But even in the states where you can't meet a new vet online and, and kind of go through what's going on with your pet, and a lot of them, you can still do that with the vet you've already been seeing. So at the clinic that I work at, Animal Emergency and Referral Center of Minnesota, we're curbside and we're emergency only. So in the state of Minnesota, when COVID-19 first happened, most veterinarians were still considered essential, but they couldn't do routine practices like spaying, neutering, even vaccination. So now that a lot of those bans have been lifted, some veterinarians are still being able to practice via video. So why is my vet saying I have to come into my vet clinic or my doctor will see me on a video call for the same thing? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. And a lot of it has to do with the veterinarian's comfort level as well. So if you're doing curbside, this relationship isn't really predicated on whether or not you personally are in there with the vet, but the vet has to touch the pet. So the curbside sort of allows us to get around that by having the veterinarian be in the room with the pet and they can do the exam over video call. But some some vets just aren't, they're scared of the technology, you know, and, and some of it's education. They don't know what they are or are not allowed to do by law. And so it's really interesting for me to sort of see these conversations. And sometimes the veterinarians are really making these changes because the pet owners are calling them up and saying, hey, you know, the, the vet down the road's doing this. Why don't you? I like you. I trust you. But it would be really convenient for me to be able to do some of these things over a video visit. Is it something that you've considered? And I think that's really going to be one of the things that we take moving forward. You know, even when COVID is gone, it's really convenient, right? To to be able to address some of your concerns with your veterinarian over text or over email. Um, and then sometimes you can kind of start your conversation and then you already have a plan. So even though you do have to bring your pet in, you're not there for as long, right? You're just dropping them off for them to take an x-ray and make sure that there's not something more serious going on. So there's a lot of different applications. And to me, that's kind of what's exciting. You know, I, I really try hard to look at it from the pet owner's perspective and say, you know, what's important to you? What makes this whole process easier for you? And how can I help my colleagues make that possible? So when it comes to telemedicine, sometimes it is hard. Like, As an emergency specialist, if a dog has internal bleeding, I can't always tell based on a video call. So what are the best problems to use telemedicine for? Like what scenarios would I consider even using it in? Yeah, so um, 
it's interesting because the, the sort of thing that you're describing, obviously that's an emergency. You know, you can't handle things that may be life or death over telemedicine. But what you can do is talk to a vet who can explain you why it's an emergency and why you should come in. So we kind of call that triage. Um, those are advice lines. So if you see things online like askavet.com or something like that, where you can call and just talk to a vet, usually that's what they're doing. They're kind of helping you understand whether or not something is life-threatening and you need to deal with it right away or you need to come in. But the in terms of actual like telemedicine where you do a start-to-finish visit with your vet, a lot of this stuff is either chronic diseases. So if you have a pet who's been on a medication for a long time and they're well controlled, you can sort of do some follow-up visits over telemedicine. Simple skin stuff, you know, we're getting into the, the flea season. And so talking to your vet about um, parasite control, we have a lot of allergic dogs. I don't know how it is where you are, but in Southern California, every other dog has allergies. And, and those are the sorts of things that lend themselves really well to telemedicine. The things that aren't life-threatening, but they take a lot of work and they take a lot of conversation to manage more so than they take really intensive hands-on type of stuff. It's great. I think it's such a great option. And it's just sad it took a pandemic to move veterinary medicine into the technology aspect, but you know how things are. Now, I've heard the AVMA or the American Veterinary Medical Association and the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, say that veterinarians can do telemedicine now. Is that true or does it depend on state regulation? You know, it's interesting. I always sort of use the analogy of, you know, dad said you can, but you still need mom's permission, you know? So the FDA gets to decide certain things. They get to decide how you use telemedicine in terms of um, prescribing certain types of controlled drugs and, and things like that. And so they've lifted the stuff that they're allowed to lift, but really in the big picture, it's not very much. So even though the FDA it's not that they're saying you can so much as we're not saying you can't. I'm not, you know, and they're basically saying, go ask mom, you know, I'm not going to tell you no, but I'm also not going to tell you yes. And so regardless of what the FDA says, if your state says you can't do a telemedicine visit right now, then, then your veterinary can't. And so that's something that's been really confusing to, to clients and even the vets. So I get it. And it must be very frustrating to think that you have this option available and then you call up the vet and they're saying, no, you need to come in. You know, you need to leave your house. And for a lot of people, especially in the states that were locked down, you know, that's, that's scary. They don't want to do that. And so we're trying really hard to find that balance. And even if you do need to bring your pet in, there's still a lot of stuff that you can do in the lead up to that visit. And so I really want people to you know, focus less on what you're prohibited from doing and focus more on what you can. Because to me, I mean, I know your background is in critical care, so it's sort of a different sort of relationship. But for me, in primary care, the conversation is what's valuable. You know, we have long conversations about what's going on and what's going on in your life and your pet's life and in the background. And that doesn't have to be in the clinic. So there's a lot of exciting opportunities for us to do a better job of connecting with you. And so to me, that's what's exciting, regardless of what the FDA says. That's a great point. In the emergency setting or at the ER vet, you're right. Most of the time I'm seeing that 
client or that pet owner for the first time. So I don't have that long-term relationship established with them. I haven't seen them for all their puppy vaccines. So really important consideration to be aware of. Now, I also wanted to ask, there are several companies out there that are offering telemedicine. I've seen a bunch of ads online for talk to a vet right now services. Are these legit? And how do I distinguish between what type of service I should pick? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. And even a lot of veterinarians are going, Oh, well, <laughs> that sounds sketchy. But it's fascinating, because it kind of goes back to the definition of telemedicine versus telehealth. And, and there's all these all this verbiage, I think that's really confusing to people. So telemedicine specifically means diagnosing and prescribing. And none of those services actually do that. They're advice lines. So they're really the equivalent of a nurse advice line that you might be provided by your health insurance or, or your physician group. And so they're actually a group of either usually technicians or veterinarians that are very well trained and they're there to give you good advice. Um, they can't tell you why your dog's limping, but they can tell you whether that's something that needs to go to the ER tonight or not. And they're really, really valuable in some of those cases that are kind of ambiguous. And so you and I both know, if you see your dog and your dog's vomiting, that could be a lot of things. You know, it could be a no big deal, or it could be a really big deal. And in order for you to make that distinction, you really need some advice from somebody who knows what questions to ask. So I'm actually a really big fan of those lines. I think they've really been proven over um, several years now to improve patient outcomes. And so they give good advice. I really think that they have a lot to offer. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to utilize them. Great. Thank you so much. We'll continue with this really cool topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Let's connect socially. Join the Pet Life Radio community to get the latest pet news, updates, and reviews. Connect with our show hosts and pet lovers socially on our Facebook and Twitter pages. You're just one click away. Find us at PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> We're back. We're talking with Dr. Jessica Vogelsang, and we're talking about telemedicine. And what we're talking about is the difference between telehealth and telemedicine and why it's so important that we be able to embrace this technology as both veterinarians and pet owners, because a lot of pet owners in the midst of COVID-19 don't want to go into their veterinary clinic if it's something that could potentially be assessed through a video. Now, what we've been talking about are some services that veterinarians are often hesitant to offer, and that's because of, they need to have an established relationship with you. But I wanted to talk about when you should consider using telemedicine versus when do you say, no, I don't think I'm going to try telemedicine. I'm going to go straight to the vet. Are there certain times when you would promote one over the other? Yeah. And I think, you know, this is probably something you're as well versed as anybody. There are certain things that we know are, you don't have to ask anyone. It is an emergency. If your pet is having difficulty breathing, um, if your pet's collapsed, they can't get up. If, if they've had like excessive bleeding, if, if something funky is going on with their eyeball, like those are things that 
you don't want to sit and think about like they need to go in and, and there's sort of a, a longer laundry list, but that's just sort of some examples. And then in the other cases, you know, maybe you just need some reassurance or you need somebody to explain to you why this is or isn't something that that maybe you can wait on, you know, because there's there's 10 minute problems, there's 10 hour problems and there's 10 day problems. And we wouldn't expect you as a pet owner to be able to make that distinction. Question I had is if I do utilize some type of telemedicine with my veterinarian and they say, yes, your dog needs this quote pink eye medication or this antibiotic, are they able to prescribe that? Or how do I go about actually following through with a lot of the veterinary care? Yeah. So if this is somebody who's already your vet and they are in a state where they're allowed to do that, then they may be able to tell you, just come and pick up the medication. Um, they may tell you, hey, let's do a curbside appointment and let me just take a quick peek and make sure that the cornea is not scratched, you know? And so it really just sort of depends on, on your state. If you're talking to somebody you've never seen before on an advice line, in a situation where they're concerned about an infection, they are probably going to tell you that you do need to go in and see someone and why and the sorts of tests that they may want to run. So those advice lines are not going to be able to, to prescribe medication for you. And that's something that I think is a big fear among veterinarians, but it's just not, not how it works. And they think that, you know, pet owners are really, really, they are demanding that. And that's not really the case. You know, what we found from people is, look, I understand. I understand that the vet needs to see the eyeball. It's just nice to know how serious this is. You know, that, that information by itself is really, really helpful for people. You brought up a great example. And I will say my kid going to daycare where there are fomites for everything ended up getting pink eye several times. And it is very inconvenient to have to lug a young toddler or young uh, baby mm -hmm. into the pediatrician <laughs> to be able to say, yep, looks like pink eye, and then get a bottle of medication versus just being able to show a picture or a video uh, via telemedicine. And veterinarians, like I think once it happens, they can really empathize with how difficult that can be. And so with certain scenarios, it is really important. One classic situation that you just brought up, if the eye is pink, it could be something as benign as conjunctivitis that could respond, but we're always paranoid that there could be like a hidden boxon <laughs> or seed or something back there. Yeah. Or it could be glaucoma or a really deep corneal scratch. And the cornea, again, is the clear surface of your eye. And so we just want to make sure it's not something more serious. So there are times when we're not just hemming and hawing and saying, eh, I don't know, you should come in. There are times when we physically need to lay our hands on your dog or your cat to be able to differentiate that. But I do yeah. think it is so helpful. And I'm so empathetic after my kid had a pink eye. So I totally get that. Yep. <laughs> Any tips when it comes to just preparing a pet owner, a dog or cat owner for telemedicine in terms of what questions you should be asking your veterinarian or your ER vet or the service that you're about to consider? What price range should I be looking at? Should I be looking for one that charges $5 versus $60 versus what should we be prepared for? Yeah. So it's interesting. If you are looking to talk to just an advice line, right? Somebody who's just going to give you a little bit of advice. Those have a few different models. And so you can just call and talk to someone and they're usually like in the $15, $30 range. Some of them you can even do over text. It's not necessarily something that has to be a phone call. 
and I can write, I, I'll put some stuff, some information up on Paw Curious for pet owners if they kind of want to see some of the different options for people because there are some right now that are offering this service completely for free as a courtesy for pet owners during COVID, which is really, really cool. If you have pet insurance, a lot of times they offer one of these services as coverage as well. So that's for advice. And that's going to be less because it's advice, it's talking, it's not going through the whole physical exam. If you're actually talking to your own veterinarian and you're attempting to do a telemedicine visit, I would say be prepared to pay close to the cost of a full exam because it should, you know, you're paying for, for the doctor's time and you want them to take a lot of time and, and speak with you and have you send pictures or videos. And so be prepared if this is a conversation with your regular vet to, to do all those things. And if there's something you know ahead of time, you can imagine, right? If you're trying to show, <laughs> show your veterinarian a little lump between your cat's toes, that may be a challenge for live video. So take pictures ahead of time. Those things are really, really useful. And uh, just be prepared for the fact that, you know, as much as you don't want to get on the video with COVID hair, your dog or cat also sometimes has those same feelings. <laughs> so live video can be um, can be an interesting endeavor, but it's that we are all learning together. You know, we are all learning together. And I think it's just so important that we all give each other a little bit of grace as, as we figure things these things out because there's going to be some good stuff coming out on the other side. Agreed. And can you also explain why it's more important to reach out to your veterinarian or a telemedicine source than just randomly reaching out to your old high school buddy who may be a veterinary professional on Facebook? Because there's pros and cons of that. Do you mind just uh, filling us in on how that can potentially be detrimental? Yeah. And, and I will tell you, that again was the reason I started Paw Curious because I've seen the horrible, horrible, horrible information that's out there. And people will give the worst advice with the highest degree of confidence. It is wild what people will say. And I really choose to have faith in the idea that most people really don't want random advice from random people on the web. They understand that there's value from getting advice from someone who knows what they're talking about. It's just we haven't made it really easily accessible. So I get it. If it's two in the morning and you're kind of like, mm, not really sure, like the easiest thing to do is to just check Google. But just be aware now that we have these other services and they're relatively inexpensive or free right now in some cases, why not get good advice from somebody who knows what they're doing? I'll give you, this is the example that I always carry with me because it haunts me. So, you know, bloat, it's an emergency. It will kill your dog um, very quickly. And on a message board, like 10 years ago, I saw somebody posting a do-it-yourself kit, like a home bloat kit that you could assemble at Home Depot. And just like, physically just, if you could see me right now, I'm kind of like clenching and thinking about how awful that is that like how tremendous amount of harm that you could do to your pet and as a pet owner reading that you wouldn't know because the person said it was just such a lovely amount of of calm and so you know even if we can't solve your problem there is somebody out there who knows what they're doing 24 hours a day somewhere in the world who can tell you very very quickly what you need to do next and that is that is more important than anything so don't be afraid to utilize those services. 
I agree. When it comes to your four-legged family member, we don't want to chance it on erroneous advice or waiting for one of our acquaintances to respond on social media. I always say, when in doubt, you always want to check with your veterinarian, your ER vet, the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, or a telemedicine service because we want to make sure that your pet's taken care of. Also remember, I often get emailed advice, you know, questions all the time, and I'm not licensed in that state. So I can't legally give advice, especially if I don't have that established medical record. So when in doubt, please be aware, you shouldn't just be reaching out to strangers. You always want to vet the get it, vet, <laughs> get vet the information correctly, because I've seen some wrong information on the internet too, even from some websites of veterinary clinics. So you mm -hmm. do have to be careful when in doubt, always make sure that you're taking care of your pet. Dr. Jessica Vogel saying thank you so much. Incredible information, especially during COVID-19 when telemedicine is so important right now. Do you mind just giving us a link to your website and also the name of your book again? Yep. So my website is pawcurious, P-A-W-C-U-R-I-O-U-S.com. And that's also Facebook, Twitter, all the other lovely places I like to hang out. And my book is All Dogs Go to Kevin with a K. Awesome. Love it. And thank you again so much for being a leader in veterinary medicine, especially in the field of telemedicine, because I think it's going to be such an important forward step for us and for our pet owners. Thank you. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time. And again, we want to thank Dr. Jessica Vogelsang and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>